When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey podcast, uh, welcome to The Tent. This is your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another musing into the world of aquariums. Today I wanted to talk to you about something we've we've brought up a few times before, but it comes up in the context of our botanical-style aquariums because it's something that we, we tend to deal with um, quite a bit. It's an old word that sort of popped up in the in the hobby, probably in the 1950s or 1960s, what I used to call the golden age of the aquarium hobby, when everything was new and exciting and uh, a little little different. Um, it's a term for uh, the stuff that accumulates on the bottom of your aquarium, and they use the term mulm, M-U-L-M. Now it's it's still used today, and it has that you know charming origins from the 60s and. I think it was quite appropriate and rather descriptive. A mulm is similar to that catch-all term of detritus, which is probably used a little more commonly in the hobby to describe the solid material that accumulates at the bottom of, you know, an aquarium as the end product of biological filtration. Mulm, however, is a bit more. I think that mulm is also a matrix of sort of stringy algae, biofilms, and fine particles of stuff that tends to accumulate here and there in a healthy aquarium. What's cool about this stuff is not only do you see it in aquariums, you see it extensively in natural ecosystems like tropical streams, flooded forest floors, and ponds. In the case of a botanical-style aquarium, mulm is also the broken-down leaves and botanicals. It's part of what we love to call substrate enrichment or substrate enhancement in our aquariums, stuff that physically comprises the bottom of the tank. As botanicals break down, just like in nature, they create a diverse matrix of partially decomposing plant materials, pieces of bark, bits of algae, and some strings of biofilm. I mean, I suppose if you want to get all technical and geeky about it, which we do on occasion, you could refer to a solid definition of detritus and work from there. Detritus is defined as, and I will read it to you, dead particulate organic matter. It typically includes the bodies or fragments of dead organisms as well as fecal material. Detritus is typically colonized by communities of microorganisms which act to decompose or remineralize the material. Whoa. Okay, that sounds pretty official. I mean, it's one of our most commonly used aquarium terms and one which will, quite frankly, scares the shit out of a lot of aquarium hobbyists. And judging from the definition, it sounds like something you absolutely want to avoid having in the system at all costs. I mean, dead organisms and fecal material, not everybody's idea of a good time, right? Yet, when you really think about it, detritus, or mulm if you want to differentiate, are an important part of the aquatic ecosystem. They provide fuel for microorganisms and fungi at the base of the food chain in tropical streams and rivers. In fact, in natural blackwater systems, the food inputs into the water are channeled by decomposers like fungi, which act upon leaves and other organic materials in the water to break them down. In years past, as well as today, those of us who favor the more sterile-looking aquaria will be horrified to see this stuff accumulate on the bottom or among the driftwood or anywhere in the tank. You know, upon discovering it in uh, their tanks, many hobbyists uh, will lunge for the siphon hose in nanoseconds to get this stuff the hell out of their tank as soon as possible. In our case, the botanical-style aquarium geeks that we are, 
We embrace this stuff for what it is, a rich, diverse, beneficial part of our microcosm. It provides foraging, aquatic plant mulch, (laughs) supplemental food production, even a physical place for fry to shelter. And it's a vital, if not fascinating, part of the natural environment we're working to foster in our tanks. It's certainly a new way of thinking when we espouse not only accepting the presence of this stuff in our aquarium, but actually encouraging it and even rejoicing in its presence. Why? Well, it's not because we're thinking, well, this is an excuse for being lazy and maintaining a dirty-looking aquarium. No, 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 no. We rejoice because our little microcosms are mimicking exactly what happens in the natural environments that we strive so very hard to, to replicate all the time. Granted, in a closed system, you must pay attention to the water quality, but accepting decomposing leaves and botanicals as a dynamic part of a healthy closed ecosystem is embracing the very processes that we've tried to nurture for many years by removing every drop of the stuff. Sure, it's a difficult aesthetic for many people. Brown water, leaves, stringy algae, films, botanical debris. We may not want to have an entire bottom filled with this stuff, or then again, we might. I think that there's a serious distinction between the idea of letting some natural processes play out in the aquarium and not rushing to remove every gram of detritus from our tanks immediately and allowing some of the stuff to fuel beneficial biological processes as opposed to being lazy and just letting the stuff accumulate. Now, I'll admit that to most modern aquarists, this stuff just doesn't look that nice and it's at least partially why the the recommendation, boy, did I stumble over that, at least partially why the recommendation for a good part of the century or so that we've played with aquariums has been to siphon it the hell out. And that's good advice from an aesthetic standpoint, and for that matter, from a husbandry standpoint. Well, typically, it creates good habits, it encourages observation and real diligence in tank management. On the other hand, why are we so militant about removing this stuff at first sight? I mean, is this material causing a problem for your fishes, or does it just look yucky? How do you know if this stuff is really a problem in your aquarium? Well, first get back to the basis. Is your detritus or mulm a matrix of uneaten food or a less menacing mix of botanical finds, fish waste, and biofilm? If it's uneaten food, well, feed less, right? That's not detritus accumulation. It's overfeeding straight up. Check your water parameters. Are you seeing surging nitrate or phosphate levels, excessive growths of algae? Do you have any detectable ammonia or nitrite? If the fishes are healthy, relaxed, eating and active... You know, that's one thing. If the answer to those first two questions is no and the last is yes, well, perhaps it's time to simply enjoy what's happening in your aquarium, to accept and understand that the aesthetic of a heavily botanical-influenced aquarium is simply different than what we've come to perceive as acceptable in the general aquarium sense. As I've said a million times, it's not for everyone. It's not something that we're used to seeing. I totally get this. And yeah, if you're experiencing issues with your aquariums and the health with your fishes under these circumstances, it's time to review those basics again. Think about an aquarium as sort of a balancing act, trying not to have too much or too little of anything. It's a challenge for some of us to achieve that balance, as it's been known as. However, the feedback we've been getting from you, our customers, our community, regarding the systems you've set up in this fashion, is that they've created an entirely new perception and understanding of a freshwater aquarium and how it operates. They've enabled us all to try a completely different aesthetic experience and more important to understand and encourage the processes that occur naturally, which are of great benefit to the fishes that we keep. Despite many long-held beliefs of, or you know, aesthetic assumptions about what is good and what is bad. You know, since we started Tannin um, four years ago now, 
We've heard a lot of stories from hobbyists uh, of successful spawning and rearing of fishes that have proven challenging in the past. We hear of hobbyists being extremely skeptical and well, even a bit turned off by what's happening in the water, you know, the aesthetic thing. And then they wake up one day and noticing that their fishes never looked better or never acted more naturally and that visitors to the fish room are fascinated by the brown tank we recently, that was recently, you know, set up. In fact, people, a lot of people are drawn to it. I've seen this many times myself. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's simply because these types of tanks are such a radical aesthetic departure from what we're used to, or if it's something more. Perhaps we're somehow drawn to this earthy, organic vibe. Perhaps there's something liberating about allowing our aquariums to look and work as nature intends them, to embrace them in form and function, rather than trying to wage war with anything that challenges our ingrained aesthetic sensibilities. I'm not sure, but I am sure that I'm enjoying my tanks, and so are many of you who have tried this approach. You're having a lot of fun, even with mulm in your tanks, or detritus, or whatever the hell you want to call it. And fun is what this is all about. So I tell you, and I, in fact, I plead with you to stay open-minded, stay curious, stay studious, stay bold, stay diligent, stay observant, and always, always stay wet. Till next time, this is Scott Fellman saying thanks for stopping by, spending a little bit of your day with us. We look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.